Hello again, everybody. My name is Mike Petralia. It's episode 211 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. You can follow us at www.clnsmedia.com. Again, online, that's www.clnsmedia.com. Follow us on Twitter at CLNS Media and on Facebook at facebook.com slash CLNS Media. An ugly, ugly way to start the season and a shocking way for many Patriots fans to see the Patriots uh, open defense of their fifth Super Bowl title on Thursday night against the Kansas City Chiefs, dropping a game 42-27, and especially after the way it started, nobody could have expected the Patriots losing their home opener, their season opener, by 15 points. Joining me on this episode of uh, Patriots Beat to talk about the carnage is Mike Dusso, an excellent, excellent writer for patspropaganda.com. Mike was in the building for all the carnage on Thursday night. Mike, thanks for taking time. Oh, of course. I wish it was under better circumstances, but uh, we'll do our best. Well, you, me, and everybody in the world knows that it's only one game. And we know what happens when people jump to conclusions when the Patriots lose big to the Kansas City Chiefs. They come storming right back. Um, I'm not so convinced that the Patriots can rely on that two years later, and I definitely, after you know speaking with Bill Belichick on the media conference call on Friday afternoon, get the sense he doesn't feel that way either. He said point blank, I know everybody in the world around here wants to talk about the past. Everybody loves to talk about the past. That's not going to help us now. My question for you, Mike, the first question of many, what is going to help the Patriots the most? What do they need to fix first uh, to get back on track a week from Sunday against the Saints? Sure. Well, I mean, starting on the defensive side of the ball, which is kind of the side I I tend to skew towards, it just interests me a little bit more for whatever reason. I, I dove in a little bit more on that side. And, you know, all their big plays, so much of their failures, it all came on first downs. And, you know, you look at the third down performance, and, and it, you know, if, if you're looking for a silver lining, the third down performances really weren't that bad. They had some young rookie pass rushers who showed some disruption. And, and you know, I think they only gave up four of 11, uh, you know, conversions. So it, that was pretty good. I think defensively, though, you got to look at the – it just comes down to the basics of, of the Belichick defense. And the biggest rule of that is don't get beat deep. And we saw, right. you know, three huge plays that, you know, just those are not the plays that the Patriots' defense gives up. And so, you know, I, I think when you look at this game, are there things to take away that, that really worry you? Well, you know, Devin McCourty and Stephon Gilmore, two of the highest-played pairs in the, in the secondary, blowing a coverage in the first game of the season is not something that I feel like is going to be a long-term problem. So I, I feel okay. I know a lot of people are panicking about the defense, but, you know, I think for them it's just the first game and get back to the fundamentals of not getting beat deep, tackling well, and just winning on first down, and I think that'll go a long way. As for the offense, I mean, I think we knew we were going to see some of these these bumps and you know Amendola was stepped into that Edelman role and became that guy moving the chains and when he went out they didn't really do much else after that uh so I think it's going to be a process on offense and we saw some of that in 2013 when Brady was adjusting and that's when Edelman really emerged so somebody's going to have to to emerge and you know with Amendola going down with a concussion and possibly out that that gives you some cause for some concern some concern as well so Nothing that I don't think they can fix, but you know there certainly is work to be done and, and, and definitely improvements to be made. I'll tell you what concerned me the most, Mike, defensively. It's the inability to get after the quarterback. And we all talked about this 
in the preseason training camp. Also, of course, uh, in OTAs when they brought in, um, you know, so many different new players. Obviously, Coney Ely didn't work out. The, the emphasis was we're going to have to get after the quarterback because you had Rob Ninkovich retire, you had Jabal Sheard leave, and, you know, those are two big names that are gone. Chris Long is gone to Philadelphia. And, you know, while he didn't have a spectacular season, I thought he did a pretty good job last year of, you know, holding his blocks, holding his space, and getting after the quarterback uh, when he could. On Thursday night, I didn't see much rush at all. I saw the two sacks, of course, of Trey Flowers, and he is a stud, and he is, to me, their best pass rusher. You saw Adam Butler, the uh, undrafted rookie free agent, get in there, and I thought he had great push. But after that, I didn't see a lot. Did you? Sure. Well, I mean, I think where they did a lot of their damage in the passing game was, you know, on first down. And so we're not, you know, necessarily talking about all these pure pass rush packages that they put out there on, you know, third and long, where it's, you know, four defensive ends and they're mixing and matching who's going to go. It's those early downs. And I think really what that kind of feeds into is that, you know, and I think I said it when we spoke last week in the preview of the game was that the Chiefs are an experienced offense. They have an experienced quarterback and they do a lot of pre-stat motion which then puts a lot of pressure on the Patriots' defense to communicate all the shifts. Everything needs to be get to all 11 guys on defense. And we saw a number of times they were just completely disjointed. So, you know, I, of course you'd love to see some pass rush get in there, but you're on an interesting – when you're on first down and your team doesn't really know quite what's going to happen and, you know, you can see their concern with Alex Smith scrambling. And, you know, I think they just – they didn't look prepared. And, and I think that, you know, Belichick probably put some of that on the coaching staff for sure. Uh, they just seem more on their heels, especially on those early downs. And, and we saw with the big passing plays and all that on the early downs that, that they attacked them. They weren't, you know, afraid of when you're putting out a, a branch and, and, and Malcolm Brown in the middle. Those, those aren't your pure pass rush guys. They're going to pay attention to the run first. So I think there's a lot going on there. Um, and I think they're going to match up better than some teams. And, and, you know, personally, I've always been. A little bit worried about Kansas City. I felt that they matched up well and did the right things that need to beat this Patriots defense. And that's exactly what we saw, especially on first downs uh, on Thursday night. I would agree with you there, but you're not exactly facing an inexperienced quarterback in your first road test on September 17th in New Orleans. You're going to be facing Drew Brees. So, concern is a strong word. I'm wondering about Malcolm Butler. And I guess the reason I say this is, it looks like to me that when he's tight in coverage, he is as competitive as they get. His technique looks fantastic. But we saw several times in the preseason, and we saw it again once or twice on Thursday night, when big receivers get 
ahead of steam and they get vertical on him. He's, for whatever reason, early on this, this season, having trouble uh, keeping up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't disagree. I mean, I think he certainly has popped up a few times in the preseason. Uh, we know about the contract kind of situation that was swirling last offseason. We know he's in the last year of his deal. And, you know, I think everyone was surprised that we all thought he was going to get the big corner money. And then the Patriots went out and, and signed Gilmore, who, who I would add, I also felt was a little bit of a liability as well. Uh, I think one of the biggest things I was looking at with Gilmore coming into the season was, you know, Logan Ryan was just such a solid tackler. And, yeah, he might get beat on a play here and there, but he would always bounce back, and he was always right there on the edge of the defense. And I thought the Chiefs really exploited Gilmore a little bit in that regard. Uh, I'm not sure if his game is quite – it's a little different than Logan Ryan's, but, uh, you know, I think all everybody in the secondary struggled. And when you look at what – that's really supposed to be the strength of the defense now. With right. the turnover up front, with the injuries up front, you know, with Hightower going down again, you really needed to lean a little bit on the secondary. And, you know, between miscommunication, busted coverages, Butler getting beat, you know, it just it wasn't good enough. And, and I'm sure nobody knows it more than they do at this point. And, and I, but again, they've all been there. I think they'll be able to turn it around. How surprised were you to see Jordan Richards playing as much as he, he started the game? He forced the fumble. On Kareem Hunt's first career NFL carry, uh, and Devin McCourty uh, recovered it. Um, that was obviously a potential huge turning point in that game. It didn't turn out because the Patriots couldn't convert on fourth and one. We'll get to that later. But how surprised were you that the Patriots used Jordan Richards the way they did as often as they did, not using David Harris and not using, uh, you know, not going to somebody like Landon Roberts? Sure. I mean, I was I was shocked. I mean, I, I like most people figured his appearance at basically a, a weak side linebacker position right. uh, in the last game of the preseason was, you know, kind of experimentation. Like, hey, maybe he can do this and we can think of a reason to keep him. Um, I think first, a couple things it speaks to. A, that probably should have been Shane McClellan's spot, who, you know, what was put onto IR. Um, and I think it also speaks to just generally their lack of athleticism at linebacker. And this seems like a move that was made to try to, you know, up the athleticism. I mean, clearly they don't think that Harris or Roberts, who, who and, I, and I really like Roberts, I think the physical aspect that he brings to the game is, is, is much needed on the defense, but not his kind of game. But it just speaks that they don't, they don't have the athleticism, the linebacker. And I think, you know, and then we have the extension with Kyle Van Noy, who was basically, I mean, without Hightower, he's the middle of the defense now. I mean, it's amazing how far things have, have fallen from having Collins and Hightower and why wow, we got the best linebackers in the game to now here we are. Oh God, Kyle Van Noy is the guy in the middle. Um, you know, and I think that, that, that of, of everything that we've seen out of that game, that the biggest thing, like I said, that concern, concerns me is that athleticism at the second level, which it seemed like the Chiefs really targeted that as they should have, which I would have done knowing the Patriots defense like I do. And they're going to have to figure that out because once teams see that on tape, how exploited they got, you know, I mean, if Jordan Richards is still out there playing in the next few weeks, I mean, he's going to have a major target on his back, just like he did. I mean, it's amazing he forced the fumble and he also drew a hold. Um, but at the same time, there were just so many plays where they lost the edge and, you know, he's the guy. And it, it, it's just, it's surprising. But I also will say, thing you know about Belichick, there's always weird experimentation going on in September. It's very much yep. an extension of the preseason. You see guys out there that, that aren't really in the long-term plans, but getting a shot. And uh, so I think that's probably part of it, too. All right, we'll get to the offense in just a moment, Mike. Mike Dussault of patspropaganda.com. He is our guest. 
here on this episode, episode number 211 of Patriots Beat on CLNS Media. If you love fantasy football, then you need to try my new favorite app, Draft. It's weekly fantasy football, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one week, and there's no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Drafts start every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part, play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. No salary caps. Play in a real live snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. Come and join me on Draft today. Download, download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on PlayDraft.com, whatever you want. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my, my promo code, and that's PATSBEAT. That's right, play a real money game for free just for using my promo code, PATSBEAT, on your first deposit on Draft. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to PlayDraft.com and play free with the promo code PATSBEAT. Once again, on this episode of PATSBEAT, speaking with the writer and editor of PatsPropaganda.com, Mike Dussault. He watches the Patriots as closely as anyone. And uh, if you've been listening, you already know he is a defensive specialist when it comes to breaking down film. We're going going to go to the other side of the ball now, uh, Mike. Uh, the offensive side of the ball and what happened early in the game, Doc Rivers of the Boston Celtics used to say, is very fond of using the term fool's gold. I got that sense on that first drive of the game Maybe a little bit of fool's gold for the Patriots. Uh, they did drive down the field. But even on the first pass of the game, the overthrow by Tom Brady of du- to Dwayne Allen was a little bit of a signal that maybe Brady's a little too amped up. And I thought as the game wore on, he, he missed a lot of passes that he doesn't normally miss. Did you get that impression? Sure, yeah. And, and I mean, I think it's, uh, I, I think part of it, you know, might have been the evening, and and I mean, it's just in in hindsight now, you look at all the things feeding into this loss. Like, wow, you know, maybe this was kind of the best thing for them, given just all the distractions of of the, of the off season and twenty eight three and the Super Bowl and all that. Maybe this one will just clean, cleanse the palate. But um, I felt Brady was off. I mean, it felt like he had some time. There were some overthrows, but I mean, I think the biggest headline for me was. This is a lot what it looked like in early 2013 when he lost Welker and he lost Branch and he lost Aaron Hernandez as well. And it was kind of, you know, a new group. And I mean, the other thing I think a lot of us are kind of questioning is why did we just assume that they were going to bring in all these small, fast guys and it was just going to be bombs away? I mean, has that really ever been Brady's strength? I mean, I know in 2007 he had a great year with Randy Moss, but it was also because he had Wes Welker underneath and, you know, had that safety valve. And, you know, it just, other than Amendola in those key moments, he just didn't, other than and maybe Gronk once or twice, he just didn't have that guy that, you know, he, it felt like he didn't have a safety valve and he was forcing it, a lot of forced passes downfield. Um, so, again, I think it's going to be a process, but I think a lot of what I saw was just missing Julian Edelman. And, and I mean, I have to say, too, the offense overall was, was pretty disappointing in all, in all aspects uh, outside of even that. Uh, how did you think Rex Burkhead looked? Uh, I mean, after looking so good, uh, in that first playoff game, preseason game, I should say, 
um, against the Houston Texans where he was doing everything, getting open in pass patterns, uh, granted against vanilla-looking defenses and basic uh, defensive looks. Um, it, it looked like he struggled a little bit more on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, I kind of felt like a lot of the running backs did. And, and you know, I mean, I wonder partly afterwards, it's like, you know, are these guys going to have trouble – developing a rhythm i mean it seemed pretty clear they wanted to start with burkhead use gillisley as kind of the short guy and uh you know use white on passing downs and, and rotate lewis in a little bit here and there but you know i i wonder how that's all going to play out i wonder if burkhead needs to be all right you know you're the guy for three downs you know or two two or two downs on the next couple drives you're going to be the guy you know it's just it's seemed like they just never really found a rhythm. There wasn't much in the running game. I mean, it just it felt a lot like last year, too, when, when the run game would struggle at times. The holes weren't really there. I mean, you know, certainly you have the, the short-yarded situation with Killisley, who walked away with all the touchdowns. And, oh, that's great for fantasy. But, um, you know, I just I felt overall I just didn't really feel the rhythm in the running game, and it, didn't, it never felt like they got going and really started firing on any cylinders at all during that game with their game. And we, we thought they really would with the running game this year. Again, just another disappointment. Jeff Howe mentioned of the Boston Herald, he mentioned that Deion Lewis uh, is garnering uh, interest and attention from other teams. Uh, That's potentially a trade that could happen, um, I don't know, at any time. I mean, I don't think the Patriots have to wait until October. Maybe they do uh, because they want to see how the running game uh, flushes itself out. They want to keep an extra back for injury early in the season. Who knows? But can you see um, Dion Lewis getting traded? Uh, sure. I mean, he's, he's a you know he's of all the assets they have, uh, he seems like an expendable one. And there's you know I, I mean we all want him to go back to that early 2015 you know season when it was just like he's jumping all over the place. No one can tackle him. And I mean that was amazing. And we just really haven't quite seen him hit that level yet. He can't seem to bust free. And, you know, between what Burkhead can do and what White can do, you're kind of covered there. You know, it's just as you get further into the season, at least on the offensive side of the ball, I get it. You just wonder, are you going to bring in another receiver who's going to be able to pick it up on the fly? I mean, I'm sure they're going to have to try. Uh, but, you know, who, who do you trade him for? What What is the big target, you know, that's going to help the offense especially? I, and I, I don't know. It's, I, I always struggle trying to find those random guys out there who, oh, he could come in. I mean, it's, it's almost like you want to bring Dion Branch circa, you know, 2011 when they brought him back, who knew the offense could slip right in. That's the guy you want. I just don't know if that guy's out there. So in the passing game, uh, I think the biggest adjustment Tom Brady's going to have to make is he's going to have to find a way to get – his two speedsters really involved and in a rhythm in the offense. Um, we already know what Danny Amendola can do, and he obviously left with concussion symptoms uh, late in that game on Thursday night. But he is going to have to find a way uh, to get uh, Brandon Cooks and Philip Dorsett into that offense sooner rather than later, based on you know Malcolm Mitchell going on the injured reserve um, short term, but going on injured reserve just before the game Thursday night, the Amendola injury, and already losing Julian Edelman. It's 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 scary. I mean, it's a little scary, you know. I mean, it's I think again when we talked earlier last week, it was oh well, they'll just slide Hogan in, and I think you know, I mean, God, Hogan had more carries than catches including back-to-back end-arounds, which I'm like, what are they doing? I, don't, I just, I mean, neither of them went anywhere. It was a lot of the uninspired play calling, um, you know, that, that kind of littered the whole evening. Um, I, I'm not sure how the, how, how the answer goes because, 
They trying to move outside, throw the ball outside a little bit more with some comeback routes to, to Cooks. Those weren't really clicking. You know, Dorsett, God knows. I mean, I can only imagine his head is spinning right now. Um, and, and, you know, unfortunately, it just seems like Hogan's a big body. And, and, you know, I know a lot of people loved Austin Carr, but, I, you know, I don't know if Austin Carr was even that quick, open guy. And it's amazing because they always seem to stockpile these, you know, little 5'10", shifty, quick wide receivers every year at camp. And somehow this year they just didn't seem to end up with that one extra one. And it seems like the one year that they could really use just one of those little quick, get open guys that Brady's always had that he always seems to love that just seemed to make the offense go. One thing Brady has always done – I think, is uh, bring guys into the fold quickly. And as long as you work hard, he will find a way to get you the ball if you're open. My concern would be is if Brady gets a little bit discouraged and he starts throwing to spots and say, you know, screw it, I expect you to be there. And if you're not there, it's not going to work for us. And I'm just curious to see where, because Tom Brady after the game, obviously was very upset with he kept mentioning the compete level wasn't there uh we didn't dig deep at all and if we don't dig deep like that um we're gonna lose games and we got our ass kicked on our home field and i and i'm having a difficulty kind of reading what he what message he is trying to send across if it's to the whole team if it's to his offensive unit if it's to his receivers if it's to josh mcdaniel's or it's even himself. Yeah. Well, it probably should be a little bit of everybody, because I don't think really there was anybody who walked out of that game feeling like, well, everyone just played like I did. We would have been great. And, I mean, some of the things that bugged me most were, you know, some of his forced deep balls. And, I mean, that's kind of, you know, a little bit what you're talking about, which is, I mean, you know, yeah, he had that really nice long pass to Cooks, but was was it worth the six incompletions and, you know, just trying to chuck it downfield? I mean, that's never been Brady's game. And, right. you know, I think we can, we can all agree that, you know, we know what makes this offense tick, and it's the, I call it the scalpel, you know. It's just that taking what's there moving the ball, you know, Edelman coming through on third downs. And, and I mean, it's got to be something new right now. And, I mean, on a certain level, it's a fascinating challenge because you have these two guys who are super fast but new to the offense. So, And, and both are obviously Cooks and and, 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 uh, and the other guy they just got. Um, uh, Philip Dorsett. Like Dorsett. Right. Yeah, they're, you know, they're both talented guys. They're, you know, Dorsett's the first-round pick. So it's just it's an interesting study, but, they, but they're just going to have to find a way and he's going to have to develop the trust in those guys. And, and, and I think he will. I mean, they just, these kind of ad- adversity and this kind of loss, I think, is, is, is going to probably be a good thing for them in the long run to just kind of reset everything, say 28-3, Super Bowl 51. All that stuff is behind us. If we're going to win games, we've got to compete at the same level you know, that those teams used to compete at. So we'll see, but it's, uh, it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. What are the things you saw Thursday night that made you the most uh, optimistic that this team – does have what it takes, and they will be able to move forward. So, I mean, I think Adam Butler, Dietrich Wise, those two guys, you know, coming on on, on third downs and, you know, providing that disruption. I mean, I really took a close look at Adam Butler today and um, just so impressed at how quick he is off the ball. I mean, it's just something a football team can always use. And, you know, it's not only just about sacks. It's just he's just a load, and he's so hard for one guy to block, and he's so fast that, you know, every time he was out there, he's causing some disruption. And, you know, for me, that's always the key word for pass rush is disruption. So, you know, coming into the season, that was my biggest question. How are they going to replace those guys in, in the third down? Because the Patriots' defense, they always – 
prevent long plays. They always tackle well. They force a lot of drives, and, and they win in the red zone. Well, you know, that performance that we saw the other night defensively is the antithesis of everything that the Patriots' defensive coaching staff wants between the big plays, the no red zone stops. Um, you know, so I think once those things come along and you're able to put Butler and, and Wise and, and maybe even the, uh, Cassius Marsh as well in position to succeed, then, you know, we might, we'll see better results on defense. As for the offense, I mean, it's, uh, there was there was nothing that I saw that gave me new hope. It was just basically like we got to just stick with this because we have Tom Brady still, and he he's got to find a way to trust these receivers and, and to get a rhythm. And you know, hopefully this was the wake up call that they need. But you know, I I thought I frankly found everybody pretty disappointing on the offensive side of the ball, except for you know a play here, a play there. That oh that was you know Gillisley nice little run there, or uh, you know Cooks had the nice catch there. But you know just none of it was consistent, and that's why they got the their doors blown off and didn't, you know, didn't score at the end of the game at all. I would think um, it, the Patriots, you go back to even uh, 2003 when they started 2-2, two and two, this is not unusual, and this is not foreign territory for Bill Belichick to have his team uh, go through struggles in the first month of the season. It has happened before. Um, obviously, there have been seasons where they got red hot, and and stayed red hot until the very last part of the season, and then uh, you know there was the two Super Bowls against the Giants. There's a playoff loss against the New York Jets. So both scenarios are possible uh, still out there. And I guess my point is, obviously, you don't read too much into one game, and it's dangerous to do that. Good and bad, and I think the Patriots will be fine. Certainly the talent's there. The coaching staff is going to be working literally around the clock to fix whatever they saw uh, on Thursday night that went wrong. So they're going to fix all of that. I want to ask you, I want to finish up, Mike. Mike Dussault of PatsPropaganda.com. What did you think of the ceremony before the game? Oh, I mean, it was was amazing. I mean, it was just... You know, I think my my favorite moment uh, had to be when they brought Julian Edelman out uh, with the Super Bowl 49 trophy, Uh, you know, just to to see him after the week that he must have had. I mean, still with a noticeable limp. And I mean, just it's amazing to see him standing on the field and in street clothes and, you know, just grasping how much that changed everything for this season. But, uh, you know, it's like everything the Patriots do, especially when they're celebrating a championship. It was all, you know, first class and Flo Rida was out there and everybody had their 28-3 scoreboards. And, and it was uh, it, it was quite the moment. So, you know, for me personally, even the, even the terrible result at the end of the game couldn't, uh, couldn't have ruined that great night. And, uh, you know, it was just an electric atmosphere going in. But, man, it sure felt like uh, everybody was just slowly strangled to death to the point where everyone was walking out with about five minutes. By the way, I want to ask you one more question uh, before we wrap it up, Mike. Your avatar on Twitter is one of my very favorite on Twitter. <laughs> How did you design the Bill Belichick avatar? What's the story I, I there? That, I, I have had that one since 2009 when I first signed up for Twitter, and um, I just, you know, I found it. It was, uh, it was, it was like an illustration. Um, that was in, I believe, the New York Times. I mean, this is, you know, way back when. Um, it's a really, really bad quality. Uh, but I, you know, I had it. It's just the perfect, you know, you just ask Belichick a really stupid question, kind of caricature face. Uh, and so now I've had it for, you know, I guess going on eight years. So I can't, I can't go back now. So I just got to leave it there. But uh, I, I just feel like that look kind of sums up Belichick perfectly. I think it does as well. This is Mike Dussault. 
of patspropaganda.com. Uh, Mike, how can people follow you on social media and online? Now, patspropaganda.com and uh, at patspropaganda on, on Twitter and Facebook and all that. Uh, I'm on everything. So, uh, yep, just that, those are the best places. Thank you very much, Mike. A pleasure, and I'm sure we will be talking down the road. Stay with CLNS all day on game day, starting with the CLNS Media New England Patriots pregame show with Alex Barth a half hour before every game. Then you can catch the postgame show with Marvin Izon and Mike Molino live after every single game on clnsmedia.com. Subscribe to both on iTunes and Stitcher and YouTube now. Also, get daily team updates on the Patriots Newsfeed podcast with Tyler Trudeau, which is also available on the CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show feed. Again, available on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and the CLNS Media mobile app. Thanks again for downloading today's Patriots Beat. want to once again thank our guest, Mike Dussault from patspropaganda.com. You can follow him on Twitter at patspropaganda. You can also give us a follow at Patriots underscore Beat and at CLNS Media. You can also give my own personal account a follow, of course, at Trags, T-R-A-G-S. Today's sponsor was Draft. For Patriots content manager Mike Alonghi, CLNS Media Executive Producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, thanks to everyone who tuned in. This is Mike Petralia, and this is the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. What's going on, Past Nation? This is Marvin Zahn of the CLNS Media Network, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice. And live on CLNS Radio immediately after every single pass game, call in at 929-477-2386 toll-free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter posts for the plays of the game, and everything else that is going on with the five-time Super Bowl champion. Subscribe to CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show on iTunes and Stitcher. And the best way, download the free CLNS Media Network mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, anyplace, anywhere.